You're listening to iFanboy's special edition podcast, Marvel's Avengers Endgame. People you love will turn their backs on you. You'll lose your hair, your teeth, your knife will fall out of its sheath. But you still don't like to leave before the end of the movie. This is the iFanboy Special Edition Podcast on Avenger Mar- Disney's Marvel's The Avengers Endgame, the movie film. I am Josh Flanagan, and I'm here with Ryan Haupt. Hello. Connor is on vacation this week, uh, which, you know, he's going to see the movie, but he can't be on the show if we want to get it out to you in a timely manner. And normally he runs this. So this is like a big deal show that probably a lot of people are going to listen to. And I'm going to try to do his part instead of just being snark guy. So, Ryan, you're going to have to be snark guy. But then then switch to super sincere guy who gets hung up on something that is not important to anybody. Okay. Or just do your thing. Um, <laughs> this is this is this is the big dog. This is the movie that they thought would never happen. This is the one that when people say now, oh, I can't believe there's a movie about Ant Man or whatever, or Wong is in a movie. You know, everyone should be over that now. It's real. But Avengers Endgame is sort of the culmination of 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 all of those things. It is, I believe, cinematically unprecedented. Is yeah, that, is that fair? Oh yeah, I mean, even when my wife and I were discussing it yesterday, every time we came up with a criticism, we're like, "Well, this is a, a thought that I had, but also like, n- there's no reference point because nothing has ever done this before." No, and and you know what was interesting is that a friend of I went with a friend of mine who's not really a comic book guy, but you know he's watched all the movies, and he was like, "Do you have predictions?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know because nothing in comic books ever actually ends." Because right. everything moves along it with a timelessness. But in this, the actors are old now. And they cannot play these superheroes forever. And so they're going to have to come up with an ending. For at least some of them. And and they will not come back. I mean, they could make cameos or whatever. You know, but that, like these, some of these people's stories need to end now. And I find that very interesting. Um, and I was thinking about that sort of as I watched the movie. Um... Spoiler warning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, there will definitely be spoilers in this. And if you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, God have mercy on your soul. Come on. You know better than that. Now, this is normally the part where we talk about, you know, like, well, what's your history with the property? What's this and that? I I think we're all up to date on that. We've we've watched all of the. Have you seen all the Marvel films? Yes. Uh, I dropped off of many of the TV shows, but yeah, I I didn't watch stuck with the movies. I don't watch uh, any of the, the TV shows. Saw all three Blade movies. Um, saw all the X-Men movies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. I never saw Wolverine Origins. Here's what I will ask. In, in, in lieu of doing our entire history with this franchise, um, do you remember kind of where you were at with your with your Marvel fandom uh, when the first Iron Man movie came out? Can we just use that as our touchstone? Uh, I mean, I was doing the show. I was doing the... We were doing iFanboy full-time at that point. That was three months into... Like, we're all in on this thing, and there had been no... I mean, it just seemed like another comic book movie was coming out. Uh, And so the idea that it would grow into this thing was definitely like a twinkle in the eye of, sure it will. Um, And in retrospect, to look back at that and say, it's really amazing what they've accomplished. 
uh, in that time and have been able to do it so successfully. Uh, while there are movies that are not as well loved as others and some of them that are almost forgotten, there's not really a clunker in there. Like a bad clunk. There's not a bad movie. There's movies yeah. that are less interesting, but there's not like, oh, that was a piece of shit. We should just ignore it. Um, so, it, you know, and, and they all, you know, watching this movie, there there was a definite cohesiveness that uh, heretofore had only been accomplished in comic books. Not even TV yeah. shows. But to do yeah. with feature films is, is pretty impressive. Well, what about yourself? Uh, I stumbled across them building the, one of the sets for Iron Man on a paleontology field trip out in the Mojave. I vaguely remember <laughs> this. Uh, and that was cool. Um, so I was excited about it on, on that end. And then I was living in Costa Rica in a small town that does not have a movie theater still doesn't as far as I know. Hmm. Um, and I started the very, very slow internet, the 2008 Costa Rican mountain internet. I started getting missives from, uh, from stateside of people being like, Ryan, this movie came out. And like, I think you're really gonna like this movie. And they all compared <laughs> me to Tony. They were all like, yeah, it's like about this really arrogant guy who like, cuts it out um, and so when i got home it was one of the first things i did was go see iron man and uh yeah been been a part of the team ever since and i, I do remember that i liked it a lot then and i watched the first iron man relatively recently in the last year or two and uh i i thought it held up i was like this is a very good movie it's a it's it, a it, it, yeah it's a good flick and it, it really has a lot of the earmarks um that that they're still using to this day um, to sort of make these movies successful still. And it was when I was watching the credits of this movie, um, I saw, you know, John Favreau, executive producer, and I went, oh, yeah, he was very much responsible for this. And he's not just a bit player in the movie, mm -hmm. um, which I, I, I found interesting, too. So uh, what, what was what was your cinema situation like? Uh, I went to, so for folks who saw who listened to the Justice League episode, I went to that same theater where, where there were some subtitle issues. Uh, but they seem to have gotten their act together. It was the second showing of Endgame, so I figured any any issues that they were having would have been worked out in the first place. The sound was so loud, I actually had to go ask them to turn it down. Oh, wow. Uh, like, wow. It, it was shaking the seats, and it's not a theater where that's a, a feature. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to the point where, like, if they weren't going to turn it down, I was probably going to have to miss some of the credits to run across the street and buy earplugs. Um Wow. Not a full theater, surprisingly. Did they turn it down? Uh, yes, they did. Oh wow. Yeah. I, um, I the only it's the one of the only if you ask me about Batman Begins 2005 or whatever, that's the that's the almost the only thing I remember about that showing. I was like, it was really loud. So um, I guess that sticks with you. Go ahead. Yeah. So not a full theater, which was surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a theater that did not have assigned seating, so my wife and I were a little worried about sitting together, but that we managed to work that out fine. And uh, yeah, really good crowd. Really, everyone, uh, there were a lot of uh, guys with their group of guy friends making making jokes, making comments before the preview started that I was like, oh, I really hope everyone everyone just does I, what they're supposed to do and watches the movie. Mm -hmm. But everyone did. I had the good. same, I had the exact same experience. A lot of, um, a lot of beardos and hoodies. Uh, I, there, there was one moment where I think I cheered louder than everybody else. And then there was one moment where a single guy just yelled, hell yeah. And everyone in the theater... Uh, supported him in that because it was it was worth doing that and we all we all enjoyed that moment of spontaneous exuberance and beyond that yeah uh, cool. it was a good crowd all right so uh and and what were your what were your expectations going into this were you, were you... I, knew, I knew i was gonna like it i had no qualms about that um my biggest my biggest uncertainty in terms of my expectations was how i would feel at the end like i know that i'll see the next spider-man movie but realistically like 
is this the end of these movies for me too? Um, and I was kind of examining yeah. it in that emotional framework as I, as I watched the movie and I'll need to see it again to really nail that down. But like how much of the, the journey being over for some of these characters is also my journey being over with this film franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think you need to make that hard and fast decision now in any way. Nope. I'm not oh. going to, but it was, it was what was on my mind. Sure. Was sure. Feeling and expectation going into it. Well, you know, I had managed to avoid really any spoilers of any kind. I had no idea what was going to happen. So as we got started and I was like, oh, it's, this is going to be a time travel flick. Uh, I got kind of excited, but I also thought that's awful, like specific and niche genre when I think that I was expecting a big battle for hours and hours and hours and something. So I, it wasn't a bad thing. I just didn't know what to expect. And I think it, it diverted my expectations to, to sort of, be, oh, it's a different kind of thing. I also expected it tonally to feel more like Infinity War, and it very yes. much does not. No, it um, felt a lot more like Thor Ragnarok than I expected. Yeah, because to me, Infinity War, that whole movie, similar to um, Dark Knight, it's just the whole movie has a sense of dread and like doom about it in a way mm-hmm. that I actually find um, cer- certainly it's not a good feeling, but it, I feel like it matches the cultural zeitgeist pretty well at the moment, at least yes. here in, in America. <laughs> like it does does feel like uh, things are not as much as we might fight against it. Things might not be going great. Um, and and I was surprised and a little thrown off that Endgame didn't have that same tone. Yeah, but given that this is the same filmmakers, I, I'm going to assume that that's a conscious choice. I, I see what you're saying, and I think that maybe that threw me off for a little while, where it didn't really feel like a continuation of that last movie, but rather a new movie, which yep, it is. And I think they, yeah, that's why it's not just Infinity War Part 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and the filmmakers have said that, that the Russos, the directors of this, these both these films. They did. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and yet no uh, no Tobias in this movie, but m- several community cameos. Yeah, several. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think all those things are tr- like so. I'm sh- it's it was so I'm having a hard time like sort of figuring out where to start because there was so much there. So let's just go with like, what did you like? What what was what was real? What was we, good? Do we go need ahead. to do a brief plot recap? I mean, I can't imagine anybody listening to this needs it, but Connor usually feels the need to do that. So if you think you can do that, why don't you go for it? Uh, Taking place directly after the events of Infinity War, the Avengers try one last ditch attempt to track down Thanos and they do so. And he has destroyed the Infinity Stones. So they take him out and then five years pass and the world is still half empty and they are very sad. Uh, And then. Predicated by the arrival of Scott Lang, having escaped the quantum zone, uh, they figure out a way that maybe they can time travel their their selves back in time to collect the stones before Thanos destroyed them, undo the snap, put the stones back. Uh, th- through some mistakes and some interesting uh, circumstances, Thanos finds out about the time travel, manages to travel forward in time, giant battle ensues, uh, Thor, or not Thor, but uh, Hulk brings everyone back with a snap, and then um, Thanos tries to undo it again. Tony manages to get his hands on the stone and snaps, but the power of the snap kills Tony, and uh, the world is the world is put right. Thanos is defeated, but we lose we lose Tony, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought I I just I like generally that I didn't know what was going to happen at all. Like I I was very. I was on my toes, you know, like you have ideas because we've read comic books for so long, but I didn't really know 
what was going to happen. And, and normally, you know, I can I can sit in a movie and I can be like, all right, I got it, you know, well before we're at the end. And with this, I, I just I, I didn't know, which is so odd because there was 20 whatever movies to sort of base it off of. So I thought that was a really interesting sort of way to approach it. Um, but it had a lot of those earmarks of things that you expect out of comic books. I think I'm trying to figure out whose movie this was. There's so many it's... characters that it's it's hard to. I don't yeah. think it, it is. It's an Avengers movie in that sense, but like there's big parts of it where I was like, oh, this is Iron Man story, and then there were other parts where I was like, oh, this is Captain America story, this Hulk story. This is you know, and I, I it's just the thought... original. It's the original team from Marvel's yeah. Disney's these Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's the it's that group, that core group. Uh, yeah. This is the kind of and, the end of all of their stories and Ant Man. And Ant-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right, and. But I, I liked a lot of those things that, that happened. I liked the there's, – there's a character development there that happened with Tony Stark that I thought was very interesting because he's the one that for me was getting the most like – can you see – can you hear yourself? Can you, can you hear yourself right now? Can you just stop? You're annoying. And I, I definitely felt that way about Robert Johnny Jr., but I think that they allowed him to actually move forward a little here with him having the, the daughter. Um, I think Captain America was – this was good Captain America. I don't think there's been bad Captain America, but like kind of all the moments that we have with him are, are, are pretty great. Um, his, his hopefulness, his optimism, you know, the metaphor that that represents. Um, I loved, I loved the Hulk in this. Had you, were you okay with the Hulk in this? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we talked a little bit in infinity war, how there was something about Ruffalo's performance that wasn't quite working. Uh huh. And it, it that didn't seem to be the issue here. Well, it's a really interesting choice to make. I think they gave us. I mean, I don't know. I never read that big Peter David run, but I know there's lots of different types of Hulk. There's a Hulk that's in the comics now. This isn't that, but he's basically Banner and Hulk together. You know, and and it, it's definitely an offshoot from Ragnarok. Um, and then and clearly not quite as strong, which is a nice like they. It's physic. He's physically not yes. big. Which is yeah, a nice no, touch. I like that. You got to do that because he's you know he's got to only get angrier well and um, the other thing was i couldn't figure out a practical use practical reason for it i mean it's interesting if you if you think about ragnarok he was the hulk for a lot of it you know he was, he was ruffalo for a lot of it too then in endgame it was pretty much except for the very beginning it was pretty much all ruffalo yep uh and uh, it wasn't like one of those like well he couldn't show up so they had to make him like he it was clearly him doing the voice and like the um the mocap yeah the mocap so it's like he was in the whole thing I feel like they just needed to they wanted to show that there's a spectrum of how people were able to move on after the snapshot. And yeah. so for people like Natasha, she couldn't move on at all. Clint couldn't move on at all. Mm-hmm. Cap was trying his best, but kind of faking it. Uh, Tony had fully moved on in this one way that was very emotionally satisfying for him. And Banner had moved on in this other way that was also very emotionally satisfying for him, but two completely different journeys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thor, really Thor was really struggling. So I think they were just trying to show that like each of these characters has dealt with this horrible trauma yeah. in, a, in different ways. It also with the Hulk specifically, it was a, it was a reason to justify his personality shift, you know, cause he had been sullen and upset and worried you know, if you go back to the Ed Norton one, very much so less so with Ruffalo, but then like sort of coming out of, of Ragnarok, he was a little more goofy, and this was a way to sort of make that happen. Like it made it work. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, I, you know, it, it actually it, it afforded them a great deal of freedom by turning so many of those characters to dust because they they got to everybody got to have their moment. You got to see everybody. 
when they come back, but at least for the sort of the main part of this movie, these are the characters you're dealing with, um, with a couple of extras in there. You know, the Rocket Raccoon was a big part of this. Nebula was a big part of this. You know, Nebula had a lot to do in this movie, which was a really yeah. interesting choice. It is, but also that to me feels very Avengers. You know, you'll go through you'll go through arcs of Avengers where it's all about Moon Dragon. You know, and this was kind of like that to me. Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like a lot of the, you know, a lot of the classic Avengers and, and you know, superhero teams in general, it'll be like the core team and mm-hmm. then the special, you know, the special person they need for that mission. Mm-hmm. And that's that's classic superhero comicking, comic booking. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and, and Ant-Man's thing. Uh, I, there, was a, there was a whole lot to like about that. Um, yeah. I think we continued to see Thanos as a really wonderful villain character. Probably probably the best and not it's because man. yeah not because he's visually he's awesome visually he's everything that jim starlin promised us you know it's just the, the way that his size the way his you know the way that he's portrayed by josh brolin uh you really and do like, get the sense he's not not truly evil in the sense that you think of it and normally i i got the sense of like god this guy is just so exhaustingly powerful like yes. when like these, our characters are really actually struggling to bring this guy down. That's and, true. And that's frustrating in the moment. And I think you're supposed to feel frustrated by it. Uh-huh. And that's the only reason that it's satisfying at the end. And there's, there's definitely a thing where in a lot of these superhero movies, then you, 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 you can sort of get the opposite. You're like, why is this a problem for these people? Yeah. This shouldn't be a problem for these people. But here, the stakes feel real against him and like his little group of minions who, you know, even though we beat them all before, we have to beat them again because it's time travel. Um, but also, like, like Thanos himself has a weariness that I really like. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he doesn't, obviously he doesn't see what he's doing as evil. He's like, I'm trying to help you. Why can't you see that I'm trying to help you? And there is, there's sense in it. There's also horribleness in it, but there's yeah, there's sense in it where you makes you pause for just a second, you know. Um, well, I mean, for me, you know, my perspective for something like the Snapshot, and this is sort of a joke Julie made under her breath when we were seeing some of the scenes early in the film where the world is empty, mm-hmm. um, and I thought those were pretty. Those were almost like more affecting than I thought they would be, just because yes. I guess wiping out half the people i wouldn't anticipate the world feeling that empty but it would yeah oh yeah uh, the the consequences for it would be uh, would be huge but i mean i also think about it in terms of like well if, if thanos's whole point is that there aren't enough resources and that we're all just gonna we're going to eat through the galaxy in a manner of speaking well if you killed half the people like climate change would get better yeah and and that's a real thing um and so it's hard because it's like i do want to do something about climate change but i don't want to do that well yeah then i think the opposite there is that we like the reason that people are really upset about the idea of climate change is that it's going to make their lives harder and so in this sense their lives got harder and probably in a worse way than it would have been if it had gone on yeah all of a sudden there's nobody to run the airport there's you know like there's there's people who are supposed to be doing things who are not there anymore. It's not as if the people never existed. They're gone. So there's a there's a psychological wound there that he hadn't. The, and he t- they talk about this like he hadn't counted on that. He hadn't thought of that. And I like the fact that the you know the genius Mad Titan you know had to deal with unintended consequences. Um, that you know and, and it led him to another a further wrong conclusion. But still you know we're we're still talking about it, which I think is, is I- interesting. 
for me, it's a. Uh, I always enjoy in science fiction when the um, defining trait of humanity is that we're just too goddamn plucky. <laughs> like we just like we are just we will try and try again and it is infuriating to other races who are like no you tried and failed once stop uh-huh. um and, and i just love that that's the thing that makes humans humans is that we are just tenacious yeah um, and i think that's I, I i mean i don't know what alien races would be like but i think that's a fair read on humans <laughs> well, I, I also um, feel like that's that's a that's a story we tell about ourselves yeah, that's what we want to believe about ourselves. Certainly, in the the you know that's part of the Captain America story. But it also nicely ties into what Tony's arc was in the story. This is something Julie pointed out to me, and she was like, she was saying she really appreciated the emotional growth in the relationship between Pepper and Tony. Uh, and one thing I didn't mention in my brief recap is the way Tony moves on is he and Pepper have a kid, mm-hmm. um, who's you know five ish years old after they jump forward in time five years, and uh, when. Ant-Man and Cap and uh, Natasha show up to tell Steve or tell Tony about the idea of the time machine. It gets stuck in Tony's head and Pepper just accepts it. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. do the whole like, no, you can't be a super. I noticed she's that. Kinda, yeah. She's kind of just like, no, it's going to you, you. You can't stop. So if I tell you you have to stop, it's just going to hurt our relationship. And so you just, you know, maybe someday you can rest. But right now you can't. And I, I, I get that about you. And that's part of our relationship now. That, and that, that's a that's a totally cliched trope of the the you know the cop's wife. You knew I was a cop when I married you. But it felt more emotionally yes. mature. Yes, no, that's what I mean. Because because they started from a different place. Right, and, and they and they didn't do this. that. Yeah. So I thought that was that was good. Um, where were we? Uh, there's there's so much. It's very it's like yeah. It, it didn't feel like Long it, time. by the way. Uh, I nope. my I had an alarm go off on my watch like. I was like, it can't be 10. And it was like, it was 1030. What I like, I couldn't believe that much time had passed. Um, it didn't feel like Did it. Like, three times. During the movie? Yeah. Okay. Once was during the credits, okay. though. Okay. And also, I, I picked my I picked my moments really well. I didn't miss anything. Good. Uh, but I, what had happened was we went out to dinner before and I had a lot of water. And then there was one of those giant movie beverages and wasn't going to happen. Once it started, it was over. I had been at a a bar trivia before the movie. Oh, and uh, so I'd had a couple of beers, but uh-huh. uh, did did not get a movie beverage. Purposely chose a theater that does not serve beer, so I would not be tempted to get more beer. Right, and uh, and just squeezed out as much as I could right before the movie, and then just settled into my seat and went into like stasis mode and got through it. I'm I'm pretty normally I, I'm pretty normally going to get up in the middle of a movie at some point, but that also is a function of my I'm 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 not going to care about this movie enough to not go to the bathroom. I'll be fine. I can put this together. It's also um, like, this is not going to be the only time you ever see this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably. I mean, I'll see it again. Yeah. I did have a thing where I was like, can I take my kids to see this? And I decided that it's not too scary, but it's probably too complicated and boring in parts of it because it's really long, but I'll watch it at home with them. Basically. I don't think I'll take them to it anyway. Um, I'm trying to, there are other things we liked. I mean, I guess, what did you, what did you think about new Asgard and Thor? So Thor, Thor's a part that I didn't love. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, and I and I want to say this with the caveat that ask me right now what my favorite Marvel movie is, and I'm going to tell you it's Thor Ragnarok. But the thing about that is, I like that in that movie. I don't want that to be all the other movies, and after that, that's what Thor is. I feel similarly about the Guardians. Uh huh. 
where yes. it's like they, they work in their own films unless you're Connor. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know that dropping them in other films always works. Um, and it's, and it's interesting that they keep pairing up new funny Thor with the guardians, uh-huh. uh, repeatedly in both these movies. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, the joke is that like Thor let himself go. Um, I thought that was an interesting reveal, but I didn't love that. They just kept kind of making jokes about it. Like I get that they're all yeah. kind of family and close friends. So they, they would tease each other about it, but it's like, you're teasing this guy because he was going through some real pain and, and couldn't keep himself together. And like, I don't know. I just, that didn't quite broken Thor. Uh, the, the catharsis of him getting to talk to his mom again worked really well for me, but <laughs> the idea that it was kind of a punchline the rest of the time was, I thought a little weird. I think weird that, choice. I think that in the theme works, the storyline works. I think the execution should have, could have been better. And I think that, you know, I, I can totally, I, you, I can get tired of it. I don't, I don't want another Thor movie like Ragnarok. I don't like, I wanted that one and that was good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see, uh, Korg, you know, he makes me laugh, but I want it to be really short lived and I want Thor to be Thor, especially in this instance. But even like, I get that he would be broken up and he got defeated and he's angry and all, all that stuff, like totally all makes sense. But, um, I don't know. I felt like it took away from his final moments by turning in into like full time jokey. Okay. Yeah. Um, not like full time Loki, which is different. The guardian, the the guardians, uh, I can take or leave with that. I really love those movies. I I like yeah, I like being too. with those characters. I think Rocket worked great in the. There was a scene early on where they're all sitting around and Rocket's just there, and I thought that's cool. Like. That he's just there, and that to me felt like you know the things that are good about comedy, and they all accept that he's just there, you know, every once in a while. Um, also, and he's I like think- helping. He's like helping Banner build stuff. Yeah. Like they're, you know, he's he's a useful. Like he has a purpose, and his purpose is he's very crafty. And oh, and there's a line. There's a specific line that he says to Tony Stark, where he's like, "Yeah, you're a genius, but just on Earth." I like that <laughs> line a lot. I also yeah. like when they were in Asgard and he was getting chased, and some of the Asgardian uh, guards yelled, "Get that rabbit!" That made me laugh a lot. Dear sweet rabbit, <laughs> and you know those are those are fine running gags. I just thought it was a little too like I was like I'm looking at a fat suit, and and it's unlike with uh, Ruffalo where I was trying to figure out a practical reason why he would have to be in mid Hulk mode the whole time. With with Thor, I just thought he probably just didn't want to have to go through all that again. Like I've literally read that Chris Hemsworth, you know, like he's got to eat egg whites and dehydrate himself for months and months before he does this, and and it's awful. And like that's kind of what I was. I was like, oh, he just didn't want to have to get ripped again, <laughs> which is what which I. Which like, I mean, he's in the new Men in Black movie. He's very svelte. He's yeah. not. He's not a. He's still a big guy, but like, it just it's, it yeah. seems like kind of a waste too. I mean, just like make him look like a superhero. Make him look like Thor. I kept wondering if they were going to do some sort of like magic. I, I got my hammer back, and now I'm ripped again. Yeah. You know? Um. But they didn't. <laughs> I mean, they, they're apparently Mjolnir can braid a beard. Or maybe it was Stormbreaker that was doing the braiding, but I like that magic magic bra- beard braiding, which I, I did his, enjoy as well. I hated this big bushy beard the whole time. I was like, please yeah. make that go. Um, the braid. It's funny. Who knew that Chris Hemsworth uh, would do a decent Volstag? I thought that too. I thought his Volstag right here is better than the Volstag that was in the movies. That was terrible. Yeah. Um. So I didn't love that. I I I mean, we could tackle the Hawkeye issue if we'd like to. Yeah, I mean, so the opening scene is is Hawkeye, and I think as soon as that scene started, I knew exactly where it was going to go, mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty sad. Yes, uh, 
but then, you know, so his family all gets snaptured and uh, he doesn't. And then he um, becomes Ronin and is like a really merciless vigilante, I guess. Fine. Well, so, I mean, so my whole my whole thing with it is that, you know, Hawkeye is one of my favorite characters uh, in Marvel, right, right? Tied up, tied up there with um with Captain America. And he. The one in this movie is not him. It's not Hawkeye. It's a guy named Clint Barton who is Hawkeye, but to me, there's very little there of the actual character who I who I liked. Um, so it functions as a different thing. Now, when I saw the trailer and I saw his tattoos and his haircut, I thought, what the fuck is that? That's even worse. Um, but the reasoning here was sound. That worked for me. I bought that this character, which isn't the same as Marvel Hawkeye, um, would have gone through this journey. I, I And at one point, I think I literally said out loud, like an asshole, I went, Ronan. Like, just because yeah. I had, I went, oh, he's Ronan. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then all the motivations that come, like, it all followed. Story-wise, I think that all totally worked. Um, where he was emotionally, where his story went in this, all those things. It just still seems weird to me that that's the character that they decided to have the cipher, be the cipher for that. Like, yeah. why not just, it's almost like, like, either pick another Marvel character who fits, you know, or, or like, it's not Hawkeye. It's just not. And so it's weird to me. It's the one thing that people have said, like, oh, it's Ultimate Hawkeye. But I would also say, like, well, Ultimate Hawkeye is not Hawkeye either. So fine. Um, I think there were bits of it at one point where in one of the movies, like, well, it was kind of like Hawkeye. And that was kind of it. Um, but I, I liked his I like I liked his story well enough as, as it was outside of its Hawkeye-ness. I liked that there were explanations for the dumb suits everybody was wearing in the trailer. When they did it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. That, that Which, works. Which, I mean, the, whether you thought the suits were dumb or not, it's it's cool that before these films were done, we did get at least one, like, consistent themed costume across all the characters. Like, that was just, it was fun. It was uh-huh. fun to see. Yeah. Um, so I guess another thing I didn't mention in my recap is the, the Captain Marvel in the room. Oh, right. Uh, so Tony That's gets rescued from space. Uh, so he and Nebula are on uh, the Milano, which yes. is a Peter Quill ship. And a delicious cookie also. Yeah, weird choice. Um, which is funny because when they went, they went from the Hawkeye scene where his family gets dusted and then they cut to a music cue that I was like, well, that's a Guardians music cue. We're going to space now. And then to cut to Tony and Nebula in mm-hmm. the ship. Um, so it's cool that like the Russos are deft enough directors that they can like guide you through the story that way. Um, I think that that represents a lot of skill on their part. And so the trailer where Tony thinks he's going to die and run out of oxygen uh, gets thwarted because Captain Marvel finds them. She flies the ship to Earth and then um, Tony looking very emaciated and like not good, mm-hmm. um, which is something we see in astronauts for real on Earth. Sure. So I, I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, he and Cap are still kind of fighting. And um, then Captain Marvel kind of pieces out for most of the movie, which I thought was an interesting choice that I did not expect. I, th- I thought she was going to be more integral. I thought she was going to be the thing that puts them over the top. But I think that's what everybody thought, and that's the expected thing. So it's kind of interesting that she wasn't. And again, she kept saying the same thing that, you know, like, this wasn't just your planet. And I like yeah. that as a, uh, you know, it's just the deal. But I, when she showed up, it was meaningful. Like they made the most of of her appearance, and I don't know that I was able to understand this when I saw Captain Marvel when I was still trying to figure out what she was. But as we zip forward in time, and she's been doing this now for five years, including whatever, however long she's been, you know, was in training as a Kree warrior, and then before that, training as a soldier. She has a great confidence about her, 
And it's not the same as Captain America confidence. And it's not the same as Tony Stark confidence or Thor confidence. It's this like, no, I can do this. Like, it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal for me. I'm going to do that thing. And I, I like that a, a lot in her because like when she shows up, it's a, a Hulk is the only one who has that kind of confidence, really. Um, you know, and when she shows up at the turn of the tide, you know, uh, like Gandalf, you know, she wrecks the big ship, which is what has to be done. You know, shows up when it's important. Um, but she doesn't go on the time travel mission. She's not part of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that all of these scenes were filmed before they filmed Captain Marvel. Really? And um, Brie Larson was only given like her lines in the script. So some people have said like her performance is a little flat. And I'm like, well, think of what she was working with. She mm -hmm. hadn't played this character before. <laughs> she had no idea what this movie is about. <laughs> and mm -hmm. she only had the exact lines that she was supposed to say in the scenes that she was in. So like, I maybe, you know, you could say that maybe her performance is flat or maybe she's not the best actress for this role. But I also think like she wasn't, she wasn't working with the full deck and did, I thought a great job with I didn't, what she had. I haven't, I haven't read any reviews or anything like that, but I didn't have that feeling. I got the feeling that, I mean, not knowing what you just told me like that, it worked for me. Like she was yeah. like, she played that like a straight up badass space soldier. Well, I mean, people have also people have also criticized that she's wearing more makeup in this movie than she was in her her movie. And the Russo brothers are just like, she has her own makeup. People, we don't tell her what makeup to wear. She wears whatever makeup she mm -hmm. thinks the character would wear. <laughs> like, sorry, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so but also, like, she's a boss. Yeah, whatever she wants to. Like, yeah. it's it's fine. I I I liked her movie. I liked her in this. Um, I liked that she wasn't the focal point of it. And I'm guessing if she was the focal point of that. Of, of more of the movie than what you were saying, you know, about her just being shot first and, and probably make more of an impact. But because of the way it was, you know, that reasoning is pretty sound. It's not just your planet. You know, there's others. Yeah. Um, now, granted, no, I, I liked I liked that the focus on this was more on the original Avengers yeah. and and their journey through this this decade of of films. Um, should we do you want to do you want to bounce around some of the time travel a little bit? Yes, let's do that. So they split into three teams. There's the space team going to get the um, soul stone and the uh, what other stone was out in space? One of the other stones. The, and the then power stone. Power stone. Yep. And that's Natasha, Clint, War Machine, and Nebula. Which is a weird. Uh, like the two yeah. unpowered people went off to the the scary planet together, and the two right. very powerful people. Like, like War Machine, like, I know that he's injured, but he's still pretty powerful with the suit on, but he wasn't acting like it. What, um, a question I had, and this is an actual question about the continuity of these films and the world that they exist in. Mm -hmm. Do Clint and Natasha know who the Red Skull is? I don't know, and I was thinking right? about it watching the movie, and I don't know that they would have a reason to. I would think like, that is, they is, would know, though, being who they are. Right. Who they are, they might have clearance, but I wonder if his if like the whole thing of the Red Skull is not public <coughs> knowledge in the basic Marvel Cinematic Universe. It might not be, but they would so also I mean, like if anybody would know, they would know though. But they wouldn't. So they get, but he refer they refer to him as Red Floaty Guy. So yeah. no, I mean, yeah. from what I see, no, they don't know who he is. Just a, just, just a weird, interesting. Sure. Not even an Easter egg, but just a quirk of that particular universe. Um. How did, so so they get to Vormir, which is where they have to get the Soul Stone. They have to sacrifice something they love. Um, I thought that scene 
there are issues with it, but overall I, I thought it was affecting, especially sure. when they're like, well, we know what we got to do. And they're both talking around it. And then Clint does the, the screenwriter thing of just like, Hey, I think we're talking about different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought that was good. Cause you have to cut that tension somehow, especially for these two characters. But then were you satisfied with Natasha being the one to take the fall? I mean, I think it had to go that way. I think so too. I think it's unfortunate that like the one original female member of the team is the one who has to fulfill that piece. It's of the true, puzzle. but only if you look at it through that lens. Yes, and, but and it I, is a lens that people are going to take away from it. And I, I know think you're right. I think it's the right choice. It's just it is unfortunate that that it, is the choice that it had it to be. It is, but it's also a function of the fact that her character is who it is and has it has nothing to do with her gender unless you put it in a larger context of things where it always does have to do with gender. And eventually, if you're going to fight for having representation in this way, they're going to have to, like, you're going to have to be able to, like, a, 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 um, sometimes a, a cigar is just a cigar. Like, it... Yeah. No, I think I think they hurt themselves a little in the earlier films when they would have had no clue that it would become to this point uh-huh. with making her the, like... Oh, I'm damaged goods. Nobody's going to want me. I've, right. I've got this terrible past. I'm not worthy. Like they put a lot of stuff in there where she kind of is self-disparaging in ways that I think this movie, if those other things hadn't mm-hmm. happened and we just knew that she was a, a spy who wanted to do one great thing to help the world. Um, but they like, might, you know, yeah. but story-wise it's unassailable. She's alone. Uh, Clint's whole yeah. motivation for all of this is because he wants to avenge his family or get his family back or something like that. So his end has to be that he brings his family back. He can't sacrifice himself to do that. The brilliant, the brilliant thing about them is that they are close. They love each other. They're friends. There's no romantic shit going on between them. So they're equal in all those matters. Yep. And it's just that they, if you take... I, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, they're they're killing the girl. But then I thought, you can't not kill her because she's a girl, though. You can't let her not make that sacrifice because of what she represents. And she was able to make that, you know, if if Captain America makes that sacrifice, you're like, hell yeah, Captain America. You can't take that away from her also. It was just something that came up when Julie sure. and I were discussing the movie. And, and I think it's worth discussing. And I think, yeah, yeah I think your your take on it is valid. And I agree. There's no... There's no way the story works as well if you flip it and it's a Hawkeye that goes down. I also, the only thing I wish, I wish they could have made a joke of just like, well, can we kill this red guy? Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they don't love that, it. That was <laughs> you're true. Uh, and then, yeah, Nebula and War Machine. The main the main thrust of that arc is that Nebula her network links up with the Nebula that also exists at that same time, which is how Thanos figures out everything's going down. I like that. I liked that a I liked lot it too because it wasn't. It wasn't uh, wasn't a character flaw. It was just bad luck. It was you know the yeah. unforeseen. Who knew this would have happened? Um, so and cool it, with that. It brings some other things to light, like the idea. Of, you know, there's there's moments in Infinity War where Thanos seems to know things that he shouldn't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he call you know he says he calls Tony Stark by name and he's like, how do you know who I am? And he's like, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know he'd he'd seen footage of Tony from Nebula's eye before, theoretically, if the time loop is complete. Um, so yeah, there was some cool stuff there. And then, uh, what were the other, uh, Rocket and Thor go to Asgard, which we already talked about a little bit. That was, that was fun. And basically that was just Thor's catharsis with his mother. And he got, mm-hmm. he got OG Mjolnir back. Yeah. Which I wasn't, I knew that I knew they were going to have to get that hammer back somehow. I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. And then once it became a time travel thing, it made sense. Yeah. But then I was also left with a, well, doesn't that fuck up 
sure other timelines because the thing that the, there's two or three time travel things that I was like, that's not right. Um, but again, well, at the end of the movie, Steve takes the hammer with him, so he could have put it back. Yeah, actually, my friend that I was with he was like, "Well, what happened to the hammer?" And I was like, "Well, whatever it was, it doesn't matter because you know Steve did the right thing with it." Yeah. And I said he probably gave it back to Asgard, but theoretically, then, uh, that could splinter off a timeline where Thor didn't have a hammer but needed the hammer, and it changed other things. Blah blah blah. Well, I mean, what is he? The god of hammers? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but then the one I think that worked the best for me was. Uh, Cap, Tony, Ant-Man, and I can't remember who else was with them, go back to the original uh, Hulk, go back to the original Avengers yeah. movie, which was yeah. so cool. It was, which is I what mean, you it, want. It's the That's your Back to the Future moment. You want that to happen. Yeah. I, um, yeah it was interesting, and it was, it was fun. I just thought when Captain America meets Captain America, I just thought there's no way they'd fight. He would just give him a code word. Unless, then I thought... He can't let him know what's happening because you're not supposed to change the things. But then again, they took the hammer and the other one. It's the same well, thing. Yeah, good. And it's it's funny that like they've established they established it in Thor: The Dark World. Loki likes turning into Captain America and making fun of him. Mm-hmm. So like that's well established that this this is a thing this character does. And he had just they just made a yeah. reference callback to that with having Loki briefly turn into Captain America and be like, how do you guys put up with that? So like Captain was already on edge about running into another person with his face. Who but I feel back. like I could convince myself that I'm me. Like if I knew I was talking to myself, if I'm future cap and I'm talking to past cap, there's a thousand things that I could say to myself that only I would know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, it um, was, it was, it was cool, but it was in essence gratuitous. A little. Yeah. I'm not I, saying to take it out, but uh, Thor are, uh, I mean, there's so many characters. I'm getting my. I know these characters backwards and forwards, sure. and I get their names wrong in the moment. Backwards Hulk and going forwards. down the stairs is going to be a gif that a lot of people will use. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like that. That Hulk was more talkative than he was at the time. Yeah. And he would have just jumped out of the window and been mad. Yep. He wouldn't have taken the stairs. That wasn't a thing, but it was a good gag, and it set up the the stuff. And um, I didn't. I don't. I don't know that I loved that part. Because it seemed really ham-handed for the three people who were supposed to be the smartest ones in the room. Yeah. Did you? What did you think of the uh, elevator scene? The thing where they won't let him. Oh, oh, the the callback to the Winter Soldier thing. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I liked the little bits of like deja vu, but they didn't really call it out directly. Just that I think uh, the Crossbones guy was like, Wait. you know, he just gave a look on his eyes and it's pretty subtle. I liked how that was handled. And I liked that it then didn't do the same thing that the other one did. Yeah. Same. So like the way out of it was good because I thought, oh, they're just going to recreate it and then he'll walk out and we'll be like, oh, we saw that before. We're seeing it again. Um, so the whole Hydra thing was good. And then there were more than there were more than a few references, very, very subtle references to comic book things. Um, there was like the there was a there was a reference to. I assume the references, the people who are doing it know to Cosmic Ghost Rider. Why don't we go back and kill baby Thanos? There was, you know, Hail Hydra Cap saying it. There was another yeah. one. There was another one, at least, that was that was like, oh, this is related. This is it's a very, very thin relation to the stuff that had happened in the comic books that I that I liked. That was just very yeah. super subtle. You'd never notice it one way or another. Um, and it wasn't so like winky winky nudge nudge. Um I think that worked. Uh, and then they go back to the 70s. Yeah, there's a lot of dad issues to be worked out in this. Mom and dad issues. 
I liked that, though. Like, it felt like it went on longer than maybe it should have in a film sense, but I was having fun watching it. And the sort of uh, the hug at the end uh, when, mm-hmm. when Tony hugs Howard. But um, I just love that everyone, like, thought he was a beatnik anyway. So yeah. maybe beatniks hug people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nice. And it didn't. Uh, you know what I really liked is that that never turned into a big chase. Like, it didn't turn into an action scene. Yeah, they just snuck around and got out. Yeah, so they didn't need to add anything to it to make it interesting. Um, I was a fan of that, I think, in general. Um, yeah, that's those things. Were there things, were there things, were there other things you didn't like? I don't know that there's anything I, like, strongly disliked. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so hard when the, there's an impetus on folks like you and I, not that we're, you know, super important players in this ecosystem, but, like, we have to see it and then be ready to talk about it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely a lack of processing time that I think I often have different or other or more nuanced things to say down the road, especially if I get to see it again. Whereas the first time I'm seeing it, I'm just like, get the content in my eyes as quickly and efficiently as possible so I can start running through it in my head. Um, so, yeah, I thought the the big final battle uh, took me by surprise a little bit. I wasn't expecting I was expecting them to have to take on Thanos. I wasn't expecting Thanos to bring his whole army but then it worked because all the Sorcerer Supreme showed back up and Wakanda got their moment. And um, it it was incredible to me how well integrated all these different properties looked by the time the final battle came around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Chitari from the first Avengers and the Necro soldiers from Guardians of the Galaxy, like it, it all kind of just worked. You know, the Wakandans and the Sorcerers, like all fighting together. Like it, it felt like this was a very big lived in universe where everybody was finally coming together. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then I, and then, and then, I mean, Steve, Steve gets the hammer. Steve stands against the entire army by himself. That's the Infinity War moment I needed. Um, was that the one big, the dude yelled? That was that was not that was where I yelled. I, yeah. I might have been one of the few people yelling, but that was definitely when he gets the hammer the first time uh, in sort of the, the Force Awakens flies past Thor and goes into Steve's hand moment. Yeah. Um, I, I fist up in the air. I fist pumped. Yeah, I think I did, too. I was, it was so cathartic. And then the fact that everyone else falls and it's Steve is the last one standing and he's still willing to stand up to Thanos because that's who Steve Rogers is. I was, great. I, I was waiting for one shot in there that I didn't get. And it's from infinity. It's from the infinity gauntlet, you know, where it's just like the one man stands alone and like looks him yep. in the eye. And they yeah. hinted that they were a that, little far apart. They hinted at that in the last movie, but then Steve lost. So I really did want him to have a definitive moment where he was the one who, he turned the tide. There's no doubt about that. But like where he did the pushing, you know, basically. Yeah. Um, and I didn't quite. But, you know, that, that's that, I think, it's, again, it's a valid choice. It's, it's I was looking for a comic book moment that already happened in a comic book. So it doesn't need to happen here. Um, and it's great that once Steve is able to lift Mjolnir, he can also summon Stormbreaker. <laughs> so it, it, this, is, this is like a real thing is that um, I went, well, how come he has all the powers? And then my friend asked me, he was like, well, how come he could do that? And I was like. Uh, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's, he's worthy. That's why. And then I showed him the picture of the inscription and it said, you know, whosoever can lift this hammer has the powers of Thor. Yep. Um, and I was, well, that's why, that's why he has the light. He has the power of Thor. Great. That, that makes sense. And that, that sort of also puts him into the realm of, of who he's fighting. It was a, it was, it was a, it was a legitimate way to level him up so that you're like, well, how's he able to take a punch from, from Thanos, even if he's captain america you know like he shouldn't be able to so that worked i thought pretty well yep here was here's 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 these are these are these are trivial these are trivial things um 
everybody showed up after they had been reinstated. And I didn't know if they were going to make them reinstated as if no time had passed. Um, but apparently, like, the whole world still went on as it had. The people came back. Yeah. But immediately they were like, we're good. We're up. We're ready to put our suit up and go fight. There was no disorientation involved in it. Like, like, uh, like um, Lindsay Weir comes back and immediately calls Hawkeye on the phone, which I was like, it feels like, you know, like they need a little time to sort of get themselves oriented. It right. took more time to get himself oriented, but everybody else was apparently ready to go. Um, to me, to me, that's just sort of the, uh, there was an interview with uh, Andy Ware, the guy who wrote the Martian. And like, one of the questions was, um, why isn't Mark Watney, the character in the Martian more psychologically damaged by mm-hmm. being on Mars alone for the, that long? And, and his answer was kind of just like, cause he's an astronaut. Like they're just made of sterner stuff. Like he got selected yes. to be an astronaut for a reason. And so and I, th- to me, that was sort of it. It was like, these are superheroes. This is, this is their life. You know, I, I bought that, but like everywhere else would be in chaos. That was like, yeah. I was like the rest no, the fact of the world. That, like, how does Peter know what school to go to? No, it, that was wrong completely. Peter is five years older and so is Ganky. Is he called Ganky in this? Ned. He's Ned. Okay, whatever. Um, I literally don't know his name. I only know the comic book name. I mean, he's the, visually based off Ganky, but he's, sure. the character is Ned, a different Spider-Man best friend from the 616. But anyway, right. not important. But the, the the point being like, what are they? They wouldn't be going to school. They're not enrolled, enrolled there. Everybody else they went to school with is five years older. They're gone. Yeah. They would just call each other before that. They don't need to be in school. That's silly. Uh, You know, like the turmoil of everybody who came back has not aged those five years, but everybody left behind did. Imagine the change that would take place in your family. Chaos. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that would happen that was, I feel like, I don't know. I'm sure they had the discussion, like, well, what's the method in which we bring them back? What's the rules with it? Plus but it's, I thought plus that's it's animals too. So like your, yeah. your dog shows back up. Like it's just it's insa- utter insanity. Yeah, everywhere. yeah. It would be it would be as disruptive as <laughs> yeah. as when they went the first time. Yep. And basically, the only reason they had to do it that way was to preserve the timeline so Tony doesn't lose his daughter, which is valid. Like, I like that, that the choice. Though. I got characters that. Would make. Like, I yeah, no, that's the I choice those characters yeah. would make for sure. Um, that was good. so. The, like th- those are the little things where I was just trying to work that out, but I think that that is part and parcel um, of a large-scale time travel story is that you have to have those thoughts and then you have did, to let them go did your theater react to the um the all women hero shot not particularly i did i thought it was it, cool i was cool but i found it to be a bit on the nose like what it's, was the point of that other to say here are these women i think the point of it is because this franchise has developed these characters organically over the course of 10 years you can put together a shot like this and have it exist for a moment, even if it's gratuitous or even if it's just for that shot, mm-hmm. it's valid because they put the work in ahead of time. And I don't know. I think that's going to be I think that's going to be a moment that has some staying power for a lot of people, or at least Maybe. I hope it does. I and thought I, it was really cool. I get that. But I do think that my 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 story mind always goes. There was no reason for that to happen. Yeah, they didn't set was, it up. They just put them there. And I get it. But to me, like a stronger version of that is like I get they're all I don't know there had to be some reason for them to all be standing there and there wasn't other than to show you that thing which to me takes me out of it now a version of that it's not sisters together kind of thing but like when Ray gets that lightsaber for the first time in the Force Awakens and you're like oh shit this yeah. girl is badass and has nothing to do with her being a girl or whatever. that to me had more relevance and it's just I'm saying that's a that's a that was a moment that gave me that feeling that you're talking about but here I just thought well why are you why are you doing this other than to do it it feels like performative um I think that yeah but I I appreciated the performance of it I sure guess is, and then it was just it's cool to see 
you know, I, I have a lot of issues with Gwyneth Paltrow as a person mm-hmm. and the whole goop lifestyle, <laughs> but I think she does a really interesting job with Pepper as a character. Um, and I know that Robert Downey Jr. has been pushing for her to get a suit in these movies for a long time, like Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr., not Tony Stark, right? Um, which I think is to his credit as a co-star. Yes. Um, and the fact that she got to be rescued, it wasn't just the Iron Man 3 where she's in the suit for a second, it was she has rescue and she is flying around and she is fighting and it was cool. I think that it would have been better if they had had some little linking thing in there to put them all in that place and give me a reason for them to be there. Yeah. That's all. I don't I don't I don't mind that they did it. I just think it came from out of nowhere and that took me out of it for a second. And I don't I'll like see, that. I'll give you I'll give you one quibble. Okay. Pegasus animated fl- flying around while also galloping looks dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's just a that's a just a limitation on that the way that mythical creature functions, but as cool as Valkyrie is, and I really like that character, and I yeah. really like Tessa Thompson. Um, I just I thought that I thought the Pegasus animation looked dumb. It doesn't need to gallop if it's using its wings. It's funny because it just looked like the Columbia TriStar logo in the middle of it this does, movie. It absolutely did. That's all I was like. Is the wait? Is this the credits? What's happening? But uh, you know, if you want to put Tessa Thompson in any kind of film, goodbye me. Go for it. Whatever it takes. And my Again, my friend had asked, he's like, well, what happened to the Asgardians? And I was like, I thought they all got killed. I thought that at the beginning of Infinity War, on that ship, Thanos had killed everybody and just left Thor alive. And that no, was everybody else killed, on the ship. They said they only killed half of them. Huh. Uh, so he did. He just did the have havening. Well, he thank goodness he left the people we like. Oh, we lost Heimdall. Yeah, but he wasn't good. Oh, wait, no, yeah. Heimdall was killed, but I thought I was thinking of uh, Volstagg for a second. But was Mick dead? Hella killed Volstagg. That's right. Oh, yeah. That wasn't Thanos. It was fine that she killed him because that wasn't... He was as much Volstagg as uh, Clint was Hawkeye. And that way Fandral could go become Shazam. Because that was Zachary Levi. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I only learned it recently myself. And Chuck. And Chuck. And we've all forgotten Sif existed. She got a television show and is gone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those those are the movies that it's funny because i tell you like ragnarok is my favorite marvel movie thor one and two made almost no impact on me whatsoever <laughs> i i don't think i've seen thor dark world more than once and i don't and maybe watched the other one twice but it was forever ago yeah like i've seen the i've seen the ed norton incredible hulk more than any of those movies um so no the to sort of wrap things up toward the yeah. end of the movie the the hell yeah moment was when uh Old Cap gave Falcon the shield. Oh wow, that's nice. Yeah, I mean it's it's DC. You know, it's there's a, a demographic here in town that isn't the same for other uh-huh. other parts of the U.S. I did I did um, have the thought I was like, can Anthony Mackie carry a Captain America movie? And I thought I don't think he can. That, well, he's getting a TV show on the streaming. Oh, service. is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and it's Captain America. It's not Falcon. Uh, it's Falcon and Bucky. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yep. Show. I, and I don't only mean that in terms of like not the character. Like I don't know that the actor is good enough to to pull that off. Is he won't have that that same thing. But whatever. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's developed the gravitas. Yeah, it, I, I, I get there. Yeah, I, I do think it's a better choice than Bucky. I think that this movie Bucky doesn't become Captain America. That makes based sense on too. the way these movies are structured. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Um. So that that's fine. But I think it'll work as well uh, he, uh, in the TV show or whatever as it does in the comics. It's definitely not. It's not a feature film. Or, my my theater film. reacted more strongly than I thought to the uh, the funeral raft of proof that Tony Stark has a heart moment. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Kind of a nice. It was a nice bookend on everything. Who There's one the... character at the funeral. The yes. teenager. Yeah. Who was that? 
I'm guessing that's I okay. Quicksilver? I don't I don't know, but my no. theory is it's it's gotta be Peggy and Steve's son or grandson. Huh. I couldn't remember if the Quicksilver from X-Men First Class was... De- and then I was like, oh, no, no. Quicksilver died in the first Avengers movie. So that's he died not in Ultron. Him. He didn't die in Ultron. Yeah, first. second one, right. Um, a lot of movies. Yeah. yeah, I had the same thought. I don't know who that is. I'm I'm guessing it was supposed to be a character we don't know, and, and it's going to be... Easter. It, I like it as an Easter egg. Like, yeah, you knew every single character there until until then. So Were you flick. satisfied? Are you satisfied by the ending? I think I was. And I talked about this at the beginning where comic books don't know how to end anything because they don't have to, for the most part, at least this kind of story. And I thought, how are they going to do this? So when I go back and I look, and I liked that there was a um, Return of the King style multiple epilogue thing going on here. I think that was necessary and needed. And like I said, I didn't feel like I was sitting there for three hours other than the, the trips to the bathroom. Um, the the Captain America ending was appropriate and unexpected and is a good cap. Yeah. And, and when he I doesn't say, come back from being back in time. Yeah. It took me, a, it took me a, a, the briefest of moments to be like, oh. I knew exactly. I was like, he's not coming back. Like, like it, <laughs> my question was like, so again, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm so fixated on this. So did, did Steve walk up to the red skull and be like, Hey, I got your stone here, here. Like, how does he give back the soul stone? It's weird. Yeah. Julie's I mean, theory is that the soul stone didn't need to be put back and that it regenerates in that spot. Every time the sacrifice ritual is done, uh-huh. which I think is not a bad theory. Well, what happens to the one that he's holding? I maybe it just he just hangs on to it and that's what gives him the the soul that he realizes he needs to just go hang out with Peggy. Well, I mean, like the the fact is he's the guy that you can trust. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It doesn't matter what happens. He's going to do the right thing. Yep. You don't need to know what it is necessarily. You just know that it's the right thing. Yeah. So that's like, what did you do with the hammer? Did the right thing. Doesn't doesn't matter. All that. Whenever you get to the putting him back stuff, like then you have lots of problems, too. Um, I did think and I I didn't mention this, but uh, Banner Hulk's justification and explanation to the ancient one. Oh yeah that was a good scene it was and and i liked that nothing that he said convinced her until he said that strange gave it away and i was like oh that's really good that's and then really there's strong. that there's that moment in the final battle where like tony and and dr strange uh sherlock and sherlock share a look and like tony's kind of questioning like is this the one where we win Gives and then the one yeah and then it's that's the moment where tony realizes he's he's you know in the words of captain america in the first avengers movie like tony's not the guy to make the sacrifice play but that's the only way they win your memory's very good on that stuff i I also want to i do have to say like the doctor strange movie was largely boring and like cool visuals there was some awesome stuff in it wong is the best wong is the (laughs) best by the way the second Um, benedict in the cast list yeah yeah and the yeah but he's also named playing the character of the character who has his name which is so, also fun. Which is awesome. Uh, I but I do think that like in this instance, I thought that um that ancient one, I, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I was like, she's really good here. I'm buying this, like- and I know that there was a whole cultural appropriation discussion about it. Whatever. Uh, I thought she was good in that scene, and I bought it. And I think that I'd, I and I and I, there's choices that were made in casting, but I think that she did her job that she was hired to do really well. And it's cool that, like, during the Battle of New York, there are sorcerers on top of the Bleecker Street, you know, Sanctum Sanctorum, just blasting Chitari. 
<laughs> yeah, and and like how she knew what was going to happen in the future, but because it hadn't happened yet, and just the time stone yet, and you know, Doctor Strange wasn't a thing yet. I love that. Um, that was all really cool. Yes, and you're right about the the. I was like, oh, there's other people fighting in other places because they're not just in Midtown over by Grand Central. Um, let's see. So that's that's Cap's Cap's ending. I thought was right. I think that killing Tony Stark is the right thing to do. Also, yep. He makes the sacrifice now. Now see how that's different. That I said you can't kill Hawkeye because his thing is to get his family back. But for some reason, you can kill Iron Man because that's his thing to protect his family because that's what he wanted to do all along. And he got all of his peace of mind about everything, you know. And then Pepper, there was a bit where right when he's about to die, I was like, where the fuck is Pepper? Why is he talking why to is, these why people? Is it Peter? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you have an actual family over there, not just an adopted son. Um, but but like she came in and and it worked out. So I think and it was just symbolically that's the right thing to do. He yeah. started it. He ends it. It's sad, but it's supposed to be sad. It's a movie. Um, that works. And then um, the only the only one I wasn't super satisfied with was Thor. Well, you know, again, what my friend had asked me, and it's funny because he's approaching these from different angles than I am, so I thought these are interesting questions. Like, well, does that mean that there could be more Thor? And I was like, ooh, I guess. They didn't really shut the door on him like they did with Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know either. Thor Thor is the one that was a little bit of a head scratcher for me, just because. I feel like that happened in comics, though. Maybe it was Iron in Man his... who did in the comics. And him joining up with the Guardians, like even the, even just that scene, it's supposed to be an epilogue, but it doesn't. There's nothing about it that feels felt like final. a Guardians scene. It felt like they yeah. brought in James Gunn to direct that scene, and I'm kind of okay with that because that's what those characters would be like. Yeah, I don't know. It's the best I can do. I know what you're saying. I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't know that I got stuck on it. I well, in my my expectation was that the end of this movie was going to be Thor realizing that he needs to just step up and rule the Asgardians as their king. And that was going to be how they took him off the board. And so I just, it was unexpected to me that he decides to make Valkyrie queen and go off and have adventures with the guardians. But like, yeah, he, ma- he made, he made her king. He used that word. He didn't say queen. He said king. Did he? Okay. Yes. Uh, I noticed. And then the other thing is like, I assume that's what's going to happen. Thor is eternal. He'll be king. Yeah, He'll get there. Old King Thor. Yeah, I mean, like that—that that is a thing that is going to happen. So yep. uh, he is inevitable, as as Thanos said. I feel like maybe we flogged this thing enough, and then we yeah. will think of things afterwards that we could have said. But you know, let's not said. talk. Let's not talk about the post-credit sequence. I don't think it needs any discussion from us. So I, I speaks for itself. I uh, I can't do this to other people. <laughs> I saw somebody randomly say. Hey, no spoilers, but there's no credit sequence at the end. And I thought, that's fine. That's useful. But as the credits started, I thought, oh, I don't know if that's true. And I was like, I'm just going to check with my good friend Ron because he's going to know this answer for sure. But I had no signal. So I sat there. And we all sat there. No one left. I was Full theater. Half my theater left. And I went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and came back. For me, I, I'm sure I'm sure you do this too. I, I like to wait for the with special thanks and see see which of our buddies made the list. I do that too. Yes, yeah. Like, oh look, there's a Brubaker and there's I was James just, Robinson. I was just happy to see like I was like, all right, Jim Starlin got a credit. Fucking yeah, a. like that made me happy. Big credit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, oh oh, can I can I point out one thing while we can. wrap this up? <laughs> can I keep talking? Um, 
this movie, because the, the, there is a Stanley cameo and it takes place in the seventies <laughs> and it confirms my supposition. I think you'll appreciate this, Josh, that Mark Maron needs to play Stanley in a biopic. I can see it. I can see it. That's all I got. I'm, I'm Lock picking, the gates. I'm, I'm working at it. Lock the gates. Lock the gates on these motherfuckers. <laughs> um, yeah, so I always like to see which of our comic book buddies make the make the cut for yep. thanks, special thanks. I couldn't figure out why James Robinson was on the list. I was trying to figure out what, what oh. Avengers thing he had written or maybe something for the Guardians. But um, I mean, he's written a lot here yeah, and there, off yeah. and on. Um, Brubaker's obvious, and a bunch of the, a bunch of the other names make sense. But, I I was happy to see you know when when uh, when uh, Carol shows up, you know Jamie McKelvey designed the costume that was in the other movie, but like she had his haircut in this one. Yeah, they finally got the hair. Yeah, looked good. She looked really good with that haircut. Yeah. What's funny though is that you said that they they shot these before the other movie, but yeah. at some point I think Rocket took a dig at her for getting a haircut, and I was like, well, they knew that much. <laughs> 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 they knew her hair would be longer in the other one. Yes. Um, yeah, it was good 90s. stuff. I was really 90s, happy. Josh, when... everybody had long hair. Yeah, it was it was really it was really fun. The, the end bit when everybody's coming onto the screen, and the way that like the Doctor Strange's little portals all opened up, and the all that's all that was good. It was all good. All good. It was a fun time. It was a long movie. I'm tired of talking about it, um, but not. Thanos is a real bastard. Yeah, but he made some points. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how we're gonna end the in the podcast with Josh. Well, saying, no, Thanos no. had a few good ideas. I need ratings. 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 Uh, four and a half. That's where I'm at. I'm not gonna say f- it's I it's it's hard to give a five to any of these. Let's let's rank all twenty three movies. Let's not. <laughs> um, you know what? But in, in lieu of that, like, give me your your give me your top. Three favorites and the worst. Um, I need to pull up a list. Um, I think I'm... Oh, all right, I guess for me the question <laughs> is, did I like this better or worse than Infinity War? Mm-hmm. And right now I think I might like Infinity War a little better, but I, I, I don't tend, know that that's going to hold. I tend to think of them as one movie in the way that I think of... And I know I said it's different, but... In the way that the Lord of the Rings movies are one big movie, whereas the three Star Wars movies, the three, aren't one movie, but they're one story. I tend to think of this as more of the Lord of the Rings mode. So it's, it's, it's hard to have one without the other. Yeah. Because you don't have a beginning of the story without the end and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, but they're just totally so different that I can kind of separate them in my mind that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think favorites would be... Uh, Winter Soldier is like the sleeper that always gets stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a coin toss between the Guardians, Thor Ragnarok, and then, and then me. Yeah, either Infinity War, like the Infinity War saga, or the first Avengers. I kind of yeah, I have a hard time separating those two. Mm-hmm. Probably Infinity War. This this Infinity War chunk. So either of the Guardians, Winter Soldier. Um, Infinity War, and and that's my those are my tops. All right, I'm gonna go with Black Panther. So good though. Black it's Panther hard. is good, but this and Thor Ragnarok so good. Choices. I'm going with Ragnarok, First Guardians, and another one. 
if it wasn't for the last third of Captain America, the first Avenger, I'd be on that. But instead, I'm going to say Iron Man. One. Yeah. Yeah. Worst. I mean, I don't even really, like, in my mind, Incredible Hulk isn't really part of the MCU. I'm um, going to go ahead and give you the dispensation to just not count that. Yeah. Because I, I, say, I don't think it's that bad. It's just it doesn't seem doesn't feel of a part as the rest of them are. So given that it's probably Iron Man 2 or Thor the Dark World. I know those are boring choices, but mm. it's Iron Man 2. Yeah, it's Iron Man 2. Iron Man because it was so quick and it was so like, ugh, get it together, really, man. They didn't really have a script. Yeah. Yeah. They won't make that mistake again, though. It was valuable for that, that it was a learning experience. Um, I will say. Yeah. Okay. If you like this, go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this. I'm sure you will have things to say. Uh, you can follow us on social media at ifanboy. I am at Jay Flanagan. Uh, he is, I can't remember. Is it R helped? Yes, it is. Nope, on, just helped. Just helped. Damn it. The underwear. Got on Twitter early. Got me again. Right, but on Instagram, it's R helped. Ryan helped on Instagram. Ryan helped. See, that's why I need a script. I don't have one right now. Uh, you can you can do all you can follow all of those things. Uh, tell, I would have had a script, Josh. I, not for the, does he have a script for these? No, just no. <laughs> just just a Jesus. joke about Connor generally being a more organized person than either of us. I mean, not generally. <laughs> <laughs> Take that word right the heck out of there. Um, and that that will do. Uh, l- let us know what you think. I may or may not read it. <laughs> no, thanks so much. Uh, this was fun. See you uh, 22 down. movies from now. You'll frown. They'll tar you and drag you through town. But you still don't like to leave before the end of the movie. No, you still don't like to leave.